This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings and I am your host. This episode, we're going to be talking about divorce with Natasha, the digital creator of Growing Up Evangelical, and Brandy Campbell, an empowerment coach that helps high-achieving single moms live and parent consciously. Hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so today we're talking about divorce and Divorce, you might be thinking, why is that a touchy subject? And so let me pose that question to our panelists. Natasha, let's start with you. Why would you say that divorce is a touchy subject in the church? For a couple different reasons. If you look like historically, most congregations, most church histories, divorce was a big no-no. In some cases, though, it's allowed or... um, really in the form of annulment, especially like with the Catholic church. Um, so I think people just have that in the back of their mind. Like the church says divorce is a no, no, that's it. Like we don't know how to approach it. And then the Bible kind of talks about divorce. Um, there's some people who just believe in the permanence view, meaning marriage is for life. Doesn't matter what happened. Doesn't matter how horrible it is. That's it. And then there's also people who just say only in situations of adultery. And then there's like another group of people who definitely would leave more room for different situations of abuse and abandonment. Um, I think because of this idea that um, biblically there isn't much room for divorce, people just don't even know how to approach it. And then also it's... um, I think the big hardest thing with divorce is just like the sense of loss and the grief. And whenever you're in a situation of grief, people have a hard time. They don't know what to say. You know, if there's um, any sort of loss, death, loss of a job, even like people just say the weirdest things. <laughs> and um, so I just think from like that perspective, but I mean, I grew up with a legalistic grandmother who, when she found out I was going to divorce, told me I was going to hell. So that was, you know, like it, the, the, the variety of viewpoints is there, but I think overall um, people just see it as like something that you don't do. It's like, like if you do that, then like, are, are we questioning people's salvation? Are we questioning like who they are as a person? Um, and it just it's just people don't know how to react. People aren't trained or taught how to react to people in crisis. Um, and what it has to do with church, people kind of filter everything through that lens of like salvation and eternity. And like you like you did something that was supposedly like not allowed. It's like one of the biggest like sins that you could possibly commit. Like they don't know how to deal with that. And often it ends up with being people being shunned or being mistreated or not directed to the right resources to help them in their time of grief and loss. Yeah, I agree. Brandy, uh, do you have anything to add to that? No, I really, uh, I think she nailed it. Uh, you know, my background in being like my family, Southern Baptist. Um, and it was just never brought up. And I think it's like that generational thing of just like, it's so hush hush. No one wants to talk about it. It's you're not supposed to do it. And it's just like, let's not even bring it up. 
That's <laughs> how I, it's yeah. how, as I was brought up, it's just like, oh, divorce. And they're like, shh, like, we don't talk about that. And that's kind of how my mom approached it and my grandmother. And it was just like, why? And it was like, well, because we just don't. And there's not a reason. <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of like what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as a product of a, of a divorced marriage, I can't, I can't speak of it from me being divorced, but I can say that because my parents were divorced, I got to experience the after effects firsthand. Um, and so it wasn't like a no-no topic in my family because my parents were diver- divorced and Christian, um, but it did present its issues and external factors. So, you know, I'm kind of in line with, I've heard that it was a sin unless it's in an abusive situation or unless it's, you know, abandonment, you know, those kind of things, which I still don't know how I feel about it being sin. I, but that's a whole, that's a whole different uh, question for another day. So Brandy, let's start with you. Would you mind telling us your divorce story? Okay. Uh, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of layers to unpack. So I'll give you the very short kind of direct uh, approach to it. Uh, So like I said, I grew up in a very big Southern Baptist family and uh, divorce was never an option. Like there's literally no one divorced in my family besides me. (laughs) So when I say like it wasn't talked about, like literally no one talked about it. And so I met my ex-husband when I was 19 uh, and got married at 20 uh, and quickly wanted to have a family. We had my son a year later. Uh, I was 22. He was 10 years older than me. So I was like, okay, he's uh, a grown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very mature for my age. So it was great. We uh, He got along with my family. Everything was great. And then we had my son in 2008. And if you can remember, the whole economy fell apart and everything went basically crap, like everything. And so the way I dealt with stress was much different than the way he did. You know, I would, you know, uh, kind of talk to people, my family, pray about it. And he kind of distanced himself. And I realized that he started to drink um, alcohol to kind of relax. And what started off to, and it was never in front of me, but it was always kind of like, uh, something that I kind of knew like, oh yeah, I had a couple of drinks and I was like, okay, whatever. And then over the course of a year, it progressed and he got more and more depressed and more and more alcohol was presented. And it was never in front of me or my son or our son. Um, it was always like after I went to sleep or before I came home. And it got to the point where he was a full-on alcoholic. And as someone who grew up in like a super like conservative family uh, of Christians, I had no skills to handle that. I was super ashamed and super embarrassed that this was like my marriage. And as much as I tried to help and like confront him and like get help, he didn't think he had a problem whatsoever and didn't fix it. And so as the years went on, it progressively got really bad to the point where it was unsafe uh, to be there. Like um, emotional abuse and mental abuse 
Um, and it was out of control to the point where he wasn't working and I couldn't keep us afloat. And so I carried so much shame in that marriage, uh, so much of like embarrassment. I told no one, I kept it such a secret because I didn't know how they were gonna look at me, uh, how church members would look at me, how my friends would look at me um, because I wanted out and I wanted a divorce. And that was never something that I ever thought I would say, but I knew that I probably wouldn't live if I stayed in this marriage, like I don't know how many years it would take for him to get to that point, but I didn't want to find out. <laughs> and um, and so it was extremely hard and I had so much guilt and shame, um, but eventually my family kind of hit like, had a hunch they were like everything's not adding up the stories like the you could tell like at the end i was not good at covering everything up um trying to cover for him why he wasn't with us you know doing activities and stuff and finally like my dad came to me and said look i will do whatever i have to to help you get out of this marriage but you have to make that choice that you want to get out and it was such a it's such a relief. Like literally it felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders that my family would not, would completely accept it and even help me. Mm -hmm. Not that I wouldn't think that they would like turn their back on me if I said, Hey, I'm getting divorced, but just the complete acceptance of it. Since we never had talked about this and it was always so hush hush and we never got divorced. Um, and I can remember even my grandmother's calling me right after I decided and like we were telling them what was going on and um, the situation. They just was like, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell us that we would have helped you get out or help you get help or... Um, and I just was like overwhelmed with how it if my worst fears of divorce didn't come true <laughs> because I thought that everybody would look at me different. Everybody would judge me. Everybody would have this bad opinion of me um, and not even want to understand, which was what was so beautiful. It's that everybody wanted to understand. They were, they were not just passing judgment, but they wanted to understand like, what happened and not maybe not all the details, but just that, that I was getting out of something that felt really super unsafe. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, you know, ended up moving back in with my parents until I could afford a place, but the whole process of, of just finally deciding and having peace with it with God that, um, he didn't, I didn't feel like he want, like I was going against him if I stayed, um, even if I left, because I felt like he doesn't want us to be in a situation where um, we're not, you know, going to be safe and not going to like thrive um, and, and feel loved. Now, that's wonderful that your family was so supportive. That's, uh, it's just nice to see what, especially knowing how conservative of a family you come from. I come from a very similar background and they do have their old feelings about 
is that very legalistic idea. Um, and so whenever they can put that to the side and put your mental health and physical health in priority, it's just amazing to see that go into action. Um, Natasha, how about you? Would you mind telling us your story? Yeah. Um, so like you guys, I grew up in church. I grew up in the Assemblies of God. Um, I got married pretty young. Um, in 2009, I was 21. Um, and there were a lot of red flags that I should have paid attention to. Everyone was telling me, my family was telling me, um, but I, I didn't, you know, and uh, let's see, where can we go from here? I don't like you. I don't want to get too detailed into it, but basically everyone was telling me not to do it. I did it. Um, I moved out of state, um, and I was separated from my family and over time there were just things that would happen that it would like in a cycle, you know, something would happen. They, they would try to make it up to me and keep going and going. And every time it would get worse. Um, definitely a lot of, um, psychological and verbal abuse. And I mean, I, I ended up in a place where I just was completely miserable. I felt worthless. I, my, my body reacted. I like gained a bunch of weight. I, my muscles were stiff. I, it, I was hurting physically, like everything, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, on top of this, um, the person I married was um, a minister and um, the church that we went to, um, his family was also involved in the church. I, I don't want to say like too many identifying details, but yeah. um, so I actually like would, I was like very depressed and I would like stay home from church. I just felt like there was nowhere for me to go because I had cut off my relationship with my family. Um, uh, I had some friends still, but it was just like the relationships weren't too functional because of like all the stress I was under, um, kind of those disintegrated. And then I couldn't even like, I didn't even feel like I could really go to church because his family was in ministry there. Um, so eventually I, at, at that point I was like, I don't know what I necessarily believe about divorce, but I'm like, I feel so miserable. I, I, this can't be right. Like I would rather get divorced, not be able to get married again, like, and just be alone for the rest of my life than continue on this. Cause kind of like what you said, Brandy, like I felt like I would not continue living, um, at a certain point. And, um, it got to the point where my ex was looking for pastoral jobs, but like in like Maine on the border of Canada or like very isolated places. And I was like, no, if he gets a job, I will not go with him. Um, and that was kind of scary to get to that point, but that that was like the thing that like sent me over the edge after like several very, very bad, intense situations. Um, 
and I actually, um, I, I called up my brother and I went at that point, like my relationship with my family was like enough for me to visit. Um, so I went down to visit and he was like, well, you need to tell mom and dad. Cause I was still like pretty young. Um, and I went down and I told them and they're like, okay, like, just don't, don't go back. Like, and, and for some reason I like went back, I felt like, I was like, I have a job. I have to tie up all these loose ends. Like, like looking back on it, I should have just like stayed and whatever happened to like my stuff and all that. Like, you know, it's kind of funny. It's a little bit humorous to me now, but I, I went back and I was like packing up things. And like, for some reason, like it didn't register like that. I was packing bags. Like he didn't say anything. And um, then like a couple, like a week or two later, my parents drove up and I had like, he had gone somewhere else. They came in, I was like, okay, let's take my stuff. Drove back to um, my home state of Pennsylvania. And um, like, as soon as I was like driving away, like I felt like this huge sense of like relief. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if... Um, I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know how I was going to be viewed in the eyes of the church and the eyes of God. I just knew that my family was supporting me. I was getting out of a bad situation and um, I had like a lot of hope. Um, and I mean, that's kind of like, I ran through that really quick. There was a lot of stuff that happened, like a lot of things that I don't know if it'd be appropriate to talk about, of course. but um no, the Cliff Notes version is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm real big about, we don't want to get sued. <laughs> we we, we want to keep yeah. uh, keep some elements yeah. of privacy, but yeah. you gave definitely a good enough Cliff Notes version that we get the point. You get the point, uh, okay. We, we, we get it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I said, being a child of a divorce um, parental situation, for me, I just got to witness kind of the external, you know, I was the external collateral damage. Um, for you guys, Brandy, I'll start with you. What was the external issues that came along with divorce? Um, I think it was the biggest thing was just a sense of loss and I didn't understand because like I was so angry at for a long time I was super angry at the fact that he chose how my life was going to be and I didn't have a say in it because of his actions I he chose to do this and because he made those choices you know I had to make choices to get out and so that changed my life forever and so this idea of always being married, having this family, you know, I have plans on having more children. And for that dream or that idea or expectation to die was so hard. Um, and it didn't hit me right away. It was months into it. And I remember taking this class that you have to take when you get divorced and you have a child. And it's it's like a co-parenting kind, kind of thing to teach you um, like how to co-parent better. And I remember coming home and breaking down because it hit me. <laughs> it hit me that I would be doing this mostly by myself. 
uh, he was really not in any condition to parent whatsoever. So I knew it was going to fall on me for, you know, 95% of the time my parents would help, but, you know, ultimately it would fall on my shoulders. And I think that was like such a huge thing to, to realize was the impact of grief. Um, and then also the loss of the part of me that still loved him because um, he wasn't a, like in this cycle 24 seven, seven days a week, he would snap out of it. And so that per, part of him is a part that I still loved. So it was, it was a lot of loss. It was a lot of grief. And then it was just a lot of um, so much change because uh, basically everything in my whole life changed. <laughs> uh, where I lived, how um, I went from going like 15, 20 minutes to uh, take my son to daycare, to driving an hour and 20 minutes because wow. we had to move back in. Yeah, to my mom's house. So um, fighting traffic in the morning that far, my parents live kind of like out in the country and we had to go into town, which is 30 minutes away, but then the babysitter was an extra 20. So that's was extra on top of that. And then just the changes with my son, uh, you know, asking where his dad was and kind of like him kind of being confused as to like, why are we here at, <laughs> at the, you know, my, my Nana's house or my Papa's house. And um, I wasn't really prepared. And I don't think you can be prepared because you've never done it before. And uh, yeah, I think just the, the magnitude of the emotions that you feel and the range of emotions that you feel at any given time because you're navigating territory you've never done before. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I can't even begin to imagine. Um, Natasha, uh, do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, just for like the external impact, like, like you said, like, it's definitely all these emotions that you're dealing with. Um, for me, I felt such a huge relief, but also like, I, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so there was just this whole process of learning myself again, um, like every, everyone around me was pretty supportive. I would say like my family was supportive. Um, it was awkward, um, like going back and seeing people who knew me before and they'd be like, Oh, how are you? Da, da, da. How's your, like, you know, and then you're like, well, I got divorced and then they don't know what to say. And then I would just say something like, don't worry, we don't have to talk about it. Just know it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. But um, people definitely didn't know what to say. They didn't know if they should be like, oh, I'm so sad. Like, are you okay? Or if they should be like, you know, rejoicing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, and I, I still feel kind of bad about this um, because like at the acute point of leaving, um, I, I was just very like in myself, in my own head. And I 
did, I think I, I, I treated other people poorly at some points because I didn't know how to accept myself and what was going on. Um, and I wish that I had sought therapy and I didn't do that. And I think that would have made a really big difference with just giving me some coping skills. Um, it would have maybe helped me recover um, a little more quickly. Not that you like, it's not like a sickness you recover from, but just like becoming like healing and like knowing who you are and knowing your purpose in life after mm -hmm. something so <clears throat> devastating, even though it's the best thing that ever happened to you. It's also, it's like a weird, it's, it's so many emotions and different things. And now it's like years later and it almost feels like it happened to a different person. It's like weird. It's mm -hmm. really strange for me. I'm like, I know that happened to me, but it, it was like, I don't know. My life now is so much better and different and I'm so much happier that I don't, I'm like, I can't even believe like that. It's like, maybe the, I should talk to a therapist about this, but <laughs> it's like hey. watching a movie. I'm like, yeah. hey, that happened to me, but yeah. Therapy's a wonderful thing. I, I don't know about y'all. I, I am a firm believer in counseling. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I've Absolutely. had to, I've had to do my own because abandonment issues are real. Um, whether you're the child or you're the parent, whenever you're going through a divorce, it affects. That's what I meant by collateral damage. There's a lot of it. Um, let me ask you this. So were you involved in church at the time of your divorce? And if you were, were they supportive? Natasha, I'll start with you. So, like I said, I was in a different state. Um, I was slightly involved still, although there would be a lot of times where I wouldn't go um, at that point. And so when I went out of state, I went back. I just went to church with my parents. I can't remember if that was the church I grew up in at that point. I a lot of, that was a while ago. But anyway, yeah, so... Uh, when I left, the pastor of that church did, he wasn't related to my ex. He did try to call me a few times, um, but I didn't want to talk to him. So I did not talk to him. And then there were a few people from the church that would like reach out to me on like Facebook and just check and see how I was doing. But um, for the most part, that church I didn't really want to have anything to do with. I felt like I couldn't necessarily trust people there because of their connection to my ex's family, even though like, you know, I had to like, you know, met some really lovely people there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying anything like bad against them. Um, I think that there were people that cared. I think they just didn't really know what to do, especially like it was someone in leadership. Um, I, I honestly, like I have no idea what happened after I left. Like I cut off, all communication with my um, ex and his family. And I didn't ask questions about it, really. I didn't want to know. I just- Probably healthy. I was yeah. done. In some ways it was good, but then like later I was kind of like, oh, I kind of wish I knew what happened. But um, no, no, I think it was better that I cut off communication. <laughs> um, and then like going into um, the church when I came back home, um, people really nice- but like I said, like they didn't really know what to say and people didn't ask questions about it, which 
in some ways is good because I'm kind of private, but also I kind of do wish that they asked more questions because it might have been helpful to have people who were a little bit more friendly or like a pastor who said like, hey, like I know you went through like a huge thing. Like here's a list of like counselors or a therapist for you to like reach out to that we know that might help. But there was never anything like that that was done. I never got external help and maybe if I had um, somebody in my life who kind of presented that option to me in a positive light I, I might have gone for it I don't know what I would have you know it was in the past so we can't change that but I would like if anybody's going through that now I would definitely definitely give advice to seek some sort of counseling and um, you know if you're comfortable with your church counseling setup and they're, um, you know, licensed and have education, then that might be the option for you. But for me, I would recommend going outside of a church setting and going to um, a licensed like marriage and family therapist or psychologist or social worker, someone who is removed from your situation, who can give you unbiased um, listening ear. No, that's, um, you brought up a really good point. I do think that the church, you know, so many people go through divorce and you don't know what they're going through because chances are people are not going to openly tell you what is going on at home. However, I do think that if you do notice that somebody is going through something like that, offering a helping hand, you know, especially if they've got kids, um, you know, especially if you're a church staff member out there listening, you know, having a plan to help people that are going through divorce, whether it's through counseling or offering, you know, resources, you know, um, a church that I once worked for, they didn't have a counseling program inside the church, but they had a list of referrals. Anything like that would definitely be helpful or helping this, you know, one church that I worked for, they had a single mom's ministry where they would make sure that the mom's cars were taken care of. And, you know, those kind of things are wonderful resources to have available for, you know, people going through because that helps them heal and they don't have to think about it. Um, I, you know, those are some of the positive things that I've seen. Um, Brandy, how about you? Um, what was kind of your relationship with the church when you were going through and, you know, were they supportive? So, my situation was kind of similar to Natasha. Uh, we we had went to a totally different church than the one that I grew up with because of uh, we lived 30 minutes away from the other one. And so that church was really small and it was really his connection to it. Um, and so like going through it, um, because he was connected to it, I didn't really connect with a lot of people and like say, um, you know, hey, <laughs> this is what he's doing. Um, so in a way, I was really kind of cut off from it. But I will say that once I did get a divorce, all the people from my old church, because I came back to where I grew up, were really super supportive. Um, you know, basically... I live in a very small town, so word of mouth, it got around mm -hmm. <laughs> quickly. But everybody was so sweet and nice. And um, just kind of like what you mentioned, Natasha, about like no one knowing what to say. 
that was like everybody was like you're in headlights when they saw me like if I was going to a funeral or whatever as someone we knew like grew up with uh it was kind of like what do I say to her uh here she comes <laughs> and you know but I think having a in there like broke the eyes my son um and people saw just how much better and happier I was and I think that really helped. My my job, I can say, was absolutely the most supportive. Like behind my parents, um, they were super, super supportive. Um, and a lot of them were really um, good Christian uh, people of um, with different backgrounds. And all of them were so supportive, which was such a huge relief because I... Um, was kind of a little bit cautious or fearful that they may, you know, kind of, I don't know, act differently. Um, but that everybody really, uh, you know, had um, open arms um, for me. So it was um, a really good experience. Um, I can't really say that I had anybody like really be kind of ugly. Um, That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. Enough. Right. <laughs> so, and I think that just telling them that it was like an unsafe situation, which is kind of the way that I worded it without going into too much detail. And just by saying that, everybody was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you're here and you made it and like super supportive. Um, and I totally agree with you guys with uh, counseling, I think would have been super helpful. And I didn't do it either, but I wish I would have. Because trauma from that type of relationship and that type of environment, um, being secluded away from family and being secluded away from the church was really super hard and mentally um, hard to deal with. And then kind of snapping back into that was really difficult to, to navigate after a, kind of that traumatic situation. Right. Now, I, I understand that. Um because my story is pretty traumatic. Um, my dad tried to kidnap me and take me over state lines. And uh, it was all kinds of craziness. And so when my mom left, it was a happy day, even though her dad at the time was the pastor. And, you know, the whole church knew about it. Everybody was supportive because they knew that it was a dangerous situation. Um, but I also know other people who didn't have it that easy where you know they are members of a large church or whatnot, and people get in their business and they take sides, and that's where it gets real messy. And um, you know, and like you guys said, they don't people don't know what to say. So I guess my question would be, what is a canned answer that we could give our listeners uh, that you know what is something you would have liked to have heard? from somebody. And I know this question is not on my list of questions, but since that's kind of where the conversation is leading, I'm just going to take it there. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I think just kind of like what we've been talking about, just saying like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, is there anything I can do to help? Um, can I make a meal for you? Or do you want to you want to go shopping together? Anything like, <laughs> that's a little bit silly, but anything just to say like, hey, I'm here for you to support you. Be normal. Yeah, just be yeah. normal. 
don't like, <laughs> I mean, it is, I get it. It's weird, but the freezing and headlights are just like, uh, uh, not making eye contact and okay, see you later is not the best. <laughs> There's a human element to it. Everybody, I mean, everybody's been through a breakup at some point. Yeah. It's just that marriages are a bigger breakup. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, I think if we could all come up with some canned answers for whenever people, and it's not that it's ingenuine, it's just you don't want to come off deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. You don't want to come off insensitive. And mm-hmm. so if you have some of those, I, I call them canned answers, but, you know, that's just kind of what it is like. I'm so sorry. It it really doesn't have to be that hard. Just be genuine. Uh, Brandy, you have anything to add? Uh, no, I think that's um, that's pretty much it. Like, just you know, regardless of what happened, it's like I'm I'm so sorry to hear that, and just maybe say like I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the most comforting things is when someone just said, I'm here. Like whether you want to vent, you want to listen, you want to like cry, ugly cry on the mm-hmm. phone and like just get it off of your chest. I think those were the things that was like the most beneficial and the most healing because you feel so alone, especially if you don't have a lot of friends or family members that have went through it. So you don't like my family, as much as they love me, they didn't, they didn't know how to relate to me. They had no idea what to, how to like the perspective that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the most helpful was just saying, I'm here, like whatever you need, you want to call me up, you want to cry, (laughs) you want to go shopping, like she said, just to get your mind off of it. I think it was just offering up whatever you need. Because at any moment, I needed different things. Sometimes I needed that cry. Sometimes I needed that shopping uh, day. Um, and, you know, or just a lunch out with girlfriends or something to get my mind off of it. So I think it's just being super supportive and saying, hey, I got you. Like, whatever you need, I got you. I think even like knowing that you have a kid, if if I were to have kids... I would offer, well, do you need a day where you can go take care of some business? You know, something like that for a single mom or a single dad uh, would go a long way if you're a trustworthy person, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to just take your kids anywhere. But, you know, I have friends that are divorced that I'm like, okay, well, do you need time? How can I help you? Because like you, Natasha, you mentioned making a meal. That's that's a great idea. Um, So... My last question is, um, what resources are out there to help people kind of heal and cope? Brandy, um, I know you, this is something you kind of specialize in. Would you mind telling me more about what you do? Sure. So after going through everything in my divorce, I realized that my son needed emotional support and having to connect with him was so hard. So after years of spending so much time like asking doctors and counselors and trying to connect with him, I decided that I was going to like really be on his level and just really be honest with our emotions and, and work with him. And I realized that so many other families needed the same support too. And me and my son have this amazing relationship. Uh, 
that came out of this and other people was like, well, what are you doing? Cause my son needs the same thing or my, my daughter. And so it became something that I help families with um, because the emotional toll on the children is just as dramatic, if not even more, because here they are, have their life completely flipped upside down. And it, depending on whether you had like an unsafe situation with me and he doesn't have his father in his life very much, um, or whether you have both parents and you're trying to navigate, you know, one week on and one one week off and you're switched and flip-flopped here and there. It's so much um, for them to deal with. And so I help families reconnect with their children on an emotional level so that they can have that, that open line of communication to talk with them and to understand how they feel and, and help them work through it so that it doesn't stay inside. Um, because as you know, um, if you pack on your emotions, you're going to like blow up eventually. It's going to come out one way or the other. And so uh, bridging that gap between how they're feeling and how they can reconnect with them is what I help families do. Um, and it's it's amazing to see um, just in a very short time, the transformation of them actually getting to have conversations with their children uh, for the first time, like real raw emotions like this is how I feel and this is what I need from you and the parent understanding that because a lot of times for me divorced uh being divorced I thought not telling him my feelings was like shielding him from it and um it was actually hurting him and it was teaching him to shut down emotions to not feel anything it's not normal yeah um and so uh, I help bridge that gap and like open up the communication that it is normal, that it is necessary in the process of healing um, their own wounds um, so that they don't grow up as a child, I mean, as an adult and have those um, recreated in their own relationships throughout their life. Well, I think what you do is wonderful. <laughs> I, I wish that you would have been around whenever my family was going through it. So, um, I'm sure whenever I put this out, I will put your social media contact out there so that if people need your services, they can find you because what you do is so necessary. for joining us on this episode of the Touchy Subjects podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects, or you can join our Facebook group, the Touchy Subjects Community. If you love the show, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that we can continue to bring you episodes that you enjoy. If you like this show, you can support our Buy Me a Coffee page. Thank you for listening. See you next time.